Ah, oh, for Christ's sake, Anakin! Hello and welcome to episode 39 of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. I'm your host, Matthew Nugabauer, coming to you live to air from sunny, I presume warm, suburban Toronto, Ontario, Canada, on this September 8th, 2018, in Churchland. It is uh, the Saturday after the 15th Sunday of Pentecost, uh, or the eve of the 16th Sunday, if you will. It's also the Nativity of the Virgin Mary, if you're, if you're counting those two. Um, they're in, in Churchland. Uh, last weekend, I was at Fan Expo Canada, get to talking a bit about that. Um, also, to give some news, heads up, might as well go into it right off the bat. So, yeah, I mentioned a few weeks ago that I might be moving. I am going to be moving and, and uh, moving out to, I can tell you now, moving out to a small town in eastern Alberta for the year to uh, serve at a church there. I won't be the, the main pastor there, thankfully. <laughs> I can shadow uh, a more senior experienced priest there. So the way I kind of liken it, nice little for Christ's sake Anakin moment here, um, I'll basically be Obi-Wan in The Phantom Menace as a Padawan shadowing Qui-Gon, but out on missions and out on doing the real stuff that a Jedi Knight would do, uh, but definitely with uh, under the tutelage of a more experienced Jedi Knight, Jedi Master. <laughs> uh, looking forward to heading out there, looking forward to being part of what's a very, what seems a very warm and caring community, both in Wainwright as a whole and the parish of St. Thomas in Wainwright, and also in even even smaller town of Edgerton, uh, be helping a, a bit there at St. Mary's there. So uh, what that means for this podcast, I also mentioned, yeah, and I thought about it a bit more. I'll be able to do one more episode in... Uh, a few weeks when I'm all settled and not so busy because I'm gonna I'm gonna be heading out there. Uh, my plan is to head out there this week and then settle in and then get to work. Uh, around my first Sunday will be on the September 23rd. My formal title will be called Rural Curate. And what that means again, it it's like a, a I see curate as like a Padawan at the end of end of the. The Padawaning, <laughs> if you will, and so um, hopefully preparing me for a uh, a long term ministry career out there. So again, what that means is, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get settled. Start on twenty third. I'll be able to do one more podcast before that. Um, I'll get to what I'm thinking about that in a second. But yeah, and then it, as I get settled in, as I sort out schedule and thing yeah i'll take a bit of a bit longer of a hiatus from this podcast i know what what sad or too sad are you r2 are you sad well you r2 will be coming with me and so who knows uh i'll probably be posting uh backlog of episodes just the archive episodes from the last two years just to to keep me posting on my social media just to uh, keep the appetite going and see see who might be interested. Also just that there there isn't any new content coming out. I've I feel like I've almost exhausted a lot of the uh, 
the initial topics that were the, provide the initial thrust. And so it's good to take a step back and reassess and re-energize. And, and, and what I suspect will happen is as I'm so into ministry in the church there, and I'll want to come back to this podcast as a matter of, uh, yeah, a matter of recreation, enjoyment as a hobby. Um, everyone, we're, we're always recommended to have hobbies and, and pursuits outside of, of ministry, just like anyone is recommended to have pursuits outside of a job. But also, I do want to continue this work of bridging these gaps, bridging what is a gap between uh, church and fandom. And uh, I, I do, and this is not shutting down this podcast, I'm just going to take a step back after the the episode in a few weeks. So hopefully uh, hopefully that, that is fruitful, as energetic. I do want to, when I come back from the hiatus dive, head headlong into what I'll call season three, and that I'll probably want to do a lot more about the Phantom Menace, because uh, as I as I mentioned uh, as I did a whole episode the San Diego Comic Con retrospective, I said we're we're entering a prequel golden age, and spearheading that is uh, celebrations for the twentieth anniversary of the Phantom Menace and how this younger generation that that was their first Star Wars movie. That was my first new Star Wars movie in a theater. And and so a lot of us and a lot of people younger than me are are really uh, reminiscing and, and being nostalgic for that film. And that's, I believe, spearheading part of the thing that's spearheading this groundswell of, of prequelist love and the moving beyond the old fights. So uh, I, I will uh, look into getting a good intro kind of I listened to Weird Al's Anakin guy I forget what the, the official title is called but of that song the the cover of American Pie that's really all about the Phantom Menace and <laughs> that great song you know this. I'll, I'll look into finding a way to cheaply and legally uh, making that part of the intro music for season three so yeah kind of like how I did the main Star Wars theme in light of the last Jedi coming out, so things like that. So that that's the the overall housekeeping news. Um, again, I, you know, I say this at the end of episodes, but if you want to keep in contact, if you want to keep in touch, send me a line on Twitter at neug four eighty five. Request to follow on Instagram at neug eleven thirty eight. So uh, yeah, stay updated. And uh, water break or two break. There you go. So speaking of Instagram, and and I said I wanted to do a kind of a fan expo retrospective a little bit. I don't know. This might be a bit of a shorter episode. We'll see. But um, and, and talking about yeah, what my experiences there with the Star Wars, and if there were any Star Wars and faith experiences there. Uh, there wasn't so much a Star Wars and faith experience. The Buddy Jesus guy was there. The there was this. Uh, one one anime fan who was dressed up as as a bishop, but as it was anime is my religion. It was, it was a bit of bit more a bit more obscene than it needed to be. <laughs> um, it's a it's a whole other story, a whole other topic. 
but uh, not any kind of like the Alan Tudyk in, in the, the Alan Tudyk in 2016 and the whole lineup. The, the Jesus guy, the buddy Jesus, letting someone <laughs> take, take the last question. Um, and interestingly enough, though, with, with Fan Expo, it was disappointing right off the bat that all three Star Wars guests canceled. Interestingly, so I uh, did that that podcast, mini podcast from the balcony at the convention center and was all excited for Peter Mayhew and excited for Ray Park. And then I, I upload the podcast. I look on Twitter and just the folks back in the, the fan expo office, probably a number of meters away had tweeted out Peter Mayhew couldn't make it because he, I mean, it's understandable. He had surgery. Uh, he just had surgery, thought he could be able to travel, but the doctors didn't clear him for travel. So, okay, fine. Fair enough. That was Wednesday. Uh, oh no. So that was Tuesday. I, I, I apologize. That was Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday night, the eve of the con, uh, Ray Park scheduled to be, uh, be on Thursday night, eve of the con, Wednesday announces he can't make it either. And I, I, and I mean, that's the thing is, and I was, uh, one of the, the thing we did instead was I got to meet Dominic Jones of Star Wars Underworld, uh, one of the great news podcasts really well connected group of guys uh and, and and very friendly very engaging group group of guys dominic of course lives here in toronto too so he's 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 the guy in in this city for uh for star wars fandom for star wars news he's the guy who, who beat me in the star wars day uh star wars day trivia contest so Remember how I called that a win because I came second to him. So that gives you a picture of where where he is. He's he's all over the place. And I got to that was fun. I got to walk the floor with him and just chat about Star Wars news and things coming out. And uh, that was fun. But it would have been like he said, it would have been great to have some Ray Park uh, in, insights tidbits. Now, especially after we've seen Solo, so I don't know why why all three. I mean, I, you know, Billy D. Williams might have canceled because he was filming episode nine. Episode nine, sorry, Ray Park canceled. We don't know why. He's usually quite good with with fans and quite good with conventions. So something must have come up, but it it just it cast this shadow over this con for me. It said, okay, well. I'm going to go to the Star Trek Discovery panel. I'm going to go there are two Killjoys panels. The Killjoys writers panel is actually the most insightful one in how they've done a great job of being mindful of what messages they're putting out and communicating through through their show. So, yeah, the, some things were good, but um, Dragon Con in Atlanta was happening at the exact same time. And I saw all the all the people posting on on Facebook and Instagram and elsewhere just having uh, Henry Gilroy do a Clone Wars panel at uh, Dragon Con in Atlanta, and you know which it is in San Diego, it isn't New York. Um, why why does Salt Lake and 
why do why do Salt Lake in New York or Salt Lake in Dragon Con get these kinds of panels? You know, Brian Young was there. Salt Lake had uh, James Arnold Taylor and Anna Graves just do a an Obi Wan Satine wedding. And and, I, and whereas Fan Expo Canada really okay, you know, I we get it needs to push Canadian made Toronto made shows like Killjoys, like Star Trek Discovery, are, are both filmed right here in Toronto. Um, but, you know, even even with Killjoys, the Aaron Ashmore and, and them were still were all at DragonCon. <laughs> it was the supporting cast. And they're great, but they're not the heart of the show. So, it got me wondering about Fan Expo and... Is it really the con for me? Is the thing, and maybe what what's changed since 2016? What's changed since I started going to Phoenix from 2012? It was 2011, whenever that was. And uh, I mean, you know, and there are a few things here and there, but what I realized is it's really geared towards the big the big things. The big events are geared towards major events, major celebrities coming in and giving their their spiel and their reminiscing right i mean there was marina certis was at chrono comic-con they're the big thing this year was a ticketed event with the back to the future people that, that's fine that's fun and then of course the star trek panel like karen gillen she was great um killjoys you know, winona erp these shows it's it, it's like san diego but it's only the big corporate announcements things at San Diego. Um, and what I want is a convention, people to convene podcasters, YouTubers, Star Wars fans uh, that are, are doing the, the actual commentary on things like with this podcast and even, but like the news based podcasts, like, like the collider people and Star Wars underworld. Um, in commentary podcasts like like Full of Sith and like uh, like Beltway Banthas and uh, Podmay and, and, and Sapphic Skywalkers and all those guys coming together and having these kinds of panels, right? That's really what I want in a convention, and I could almost I could almost do without the big uh, woohoo! Watch our show. We're doing this show. Let's watch our show big commercials for these things. So that's the thing. I and, and I'm moving away and I don't know where I'll be next September or next August. I might still be, I'm be in Alberta still. Um, but I'm wondering if, you know, if I can get the money and, and fly down to Atlanta or fly down to Salt Lake, I'd rather do that as opposed to come to fan expo. I know my family's here, here in Toronto, but and it was my home con, and and that is true. And and I, I'm not knocking Fan Expo for what it is, right? It's they've done a really great job of figuring out how to be very organized. Traffic flow was incredibly smooth, and that was used to be a huge problem with this one. But you know, you figure out the the tricks and the tips and how to be patient, how to get through the crowds, and that's the usual con stuff. And, and from what I've seen for a convention, the the, the crowd flow was is phenomenal. It's actually, I think other cons could probably learn from it. 
Um, but the, the, you know, I mean, maybe this thing, I don't even necessarily want to go to San Diego. I mean, if this is all that is, it's all just Hall H stuff. I mean, San Diego is this big sprawling thing. New York is bigger also. So, but well, I mean, one thing San Diego and New York have that Toronto doesn't is the, uh, the, the novels, the, the, I guess the DK, uh, look, as I look back at my novels, <laughs> look at my Star Wars novels, they have the Star Wars people, Star Wars novels come there, right? But so does, so did, uh, Dragon Con, so did Salt Lake. So that's the thing. It's just different priorities. Fan Expo is this, is very broad, very diverse trying to pack a lot of things into these three and a half days. And maybe some things just don't poke their way through. And, that, and that's fine. That's fair. But um, you'll see. It wasn't all Debbie Downer. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Water break or two break. Yeah, R2, you, you had fun. I guess you stayed here. <laughs> That's right. There was so there there were there were some good things. Um, one thing I, I wanted to stay in line for, but I, I just didn't. Uh, I was at the back of the line. I might not have even gotten into the Hasbro uh, presentation, and it wasn't. And from what I heard Dominic describe it uh, on his podcast, you can check that out. This past uh, Thursday's podcast, uh, it was a re- really went in depth and on their their Twitter too. It really went in depth on. Uh, just the process of making the Black Series figures and, and, and different things. It, w- it was more of a, from what I hear, it was more of a panel rather than a presentation. That would have been neat. I had to go line up, I think, for the Star Trek Discovery panel, which I knew would be packed, and I knew I wanted to go into that. So it's not that I didn't want to see the Discovery panel. I would have wanted other things too. So but that has a real thing. That was neat. Uh Biggest, you know, again, I talked to, got to talk to Dominic, got to see Star Wars improv. I thought that was kind of weird and awkward. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the best part about Fan Expo, oddly enough, is I'd say the Hasbro store. I mean, uh, well, the second best, the best thing that's there, other than meeting people and, and chatting with them, that's always going to be the best. But the uh, things that are there. <laughs> was the Hasbro store and going in one of the things I wanted I knew I wanted was the Dr. Afra comic set that we saw at San Diego and I, and I actually thought there might have been a, a pretty good chance that what the SDC the San Diego con exclusive would be a fan expo con exclusive just like looking up my favorite purchase of any convention ever was a was a San Diego turn fan expo exclusives of the Thrawn triptych that actually they still had uh, copies of for 40 bucks. <laughs> but I'm glad I nabbed mine when I could. But yeah, no, I got the, the Afra thing. I knew I did the you know, first thing at 2 p.m. on Thursday, walked in, bought that. There was actually some really cool, really great Marvel stuff that they had there too. So that was fine. I'm glad I I'm glad I was able to get that. Um the the shopping, the hall at Fan Expo, that's always going to be good. That's always they they really people from all over do converge and convene. And uh you know, and yeah, and it's the only place where I 
spend <laughs> Maple Day Impulse buy. So, if you want to look at the con haul, uh, what I call it, all the stuff I bought, go to Instagram, uh, MNUG1138. Check that out. Uh, bought a bunch of stuff there. Brought, bought a beautiful print of a poster of young you know, little Annie looking in a pool. Not sure how there's a puddle or something on Tatooine, but there's a puddle on Tatooine. He's looking in, he sees Darth Vader. Kind of a riff on the the main that original poster where little Annie's standing, little Jake Lloyd Annie is standing by a dome in, in, a, in a hut or whatever in Tatooine and the shadow is Darth Vader. So, so that was good. That was a good thing for Christ Dick Anakin. And I'll definitely, uh, try and use, use that, use a photo, a good photo of that in this podcast. Somehow I'll be sure to give credit where credit's due if I can find it. So that, that was good. That shopping was good. Um, uh, and, uh, one great thing was, you know, the five will first, they always show up and they teamed up again this year with the rebel legion. And I think there were some, uh, there were some mandos there, but also this great droid building, um, guild. I forget what it's called. The, the droid makers make all the R2 units and not just R2 units, but other, other R units, other droid units. They were there and they had this big display that arched around and had, uh, I mean, they had Jabba's, uh, throne room palace thing they had the wall with the where the rebels are hiding out they had the endor bunker thing they had a i think they had the tantive four hallway but specifically for vader like a section of it for vader to stand in the, the ominous thing of a new hope and so that was cool and of course all the all the costumes all the the 501st and the Rebel Legion and a bunch of Jedi, and I was able to go up and talk to someone with a very with the traditional Jedi robes, and I was curious as to what how how that's set up and how there's the inner wrap, the inner cloak, and then the wrap, and then this almost a stole type thing, more like a scapular that comes down, and then the belt. I think it's called an Obi, <laughs> oddly enough. So that was cool. That was fun to be able to see that firsthand. Um, I, yeah, I think there are some pictures on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, and then another big thing, um, water, brief water break. Another big thing I'm looking at right now is, uh, I, you always wonder, you always think, okay, who's, what artists or comic book artists are coming. And, uh, Charles Sewell was there and that was really neat to meet him after I finally found his booth. Uh, I saw him looking right now at, you know, I brought my copy of Darth Vader number one from 2017. And, and he, he does the same thing. It's, it's Vader with the lightsaber and he writes and embrace the dark side on the lightsaber with, you know, Charles Sewell. So that, that was, that's, that was pretty neat. And I got to chat with him. I was wearing my prequelist t-shirt <laughs> and I got to chat with him and ask him, I would say, you know, as a prequelist, well, he, he picked up on that. I was a prequelist that I'd love this Vader, uh, this Vader comic and say, yeah, I think I, I mentioned this in my preview episode. And this is the one thing in the preview episode that really came through, I think <clears throat> came to pass <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. My, my prequelist 
t-shirt on. He said, oh, yeah, so you, you must love what we're doing here. Uh, yeah, it's really well connected. This series is so well connected to episode three and the continuity that they brought to that. And I mentioned, there's some spoilers. I mentioned, you know, especially the execute order 66 moment with that kind of rogue Jedi. And, and I asked him, what was the, so what, what's the dialogue with the story group like? Because that's always a question I'm having just, you know, yesterday I watched, or the other day I watched a, Clutter Jedi Council and the, the Star Wars show and how and they brought up how Sam Witwer had to tell Ron Howard or whoever that uh, Darth Maul, Maul doesn't have his old double-bladed lightsaber. He has either the Darksaber, if he'll have the Darksaber and that's what that might mean, or he'll have the one that he'll will later see in Rebels and they opted for the one in, in Rebels. And so, how it's great that Sam Witwer is connected in with what's happening. Thankfully, Charles Sewell is, is connected with what's was happening with with Clone Wars and, and thinking with Clone Wars and with Revenge of the Sith and, and everything that has come before. And uh, so, yeah, I asked him, asked Charles Sewell, what what's the the dialogue like? And he he gave you know an interesting thing that. Basically, what he said was he came to the story group saying, I want to do this Order 66 moment. And they came back to him and said, okay, but you actually have to earn it in the story and do the storytelling to build it up. And so he had to establish that this would be this type of rogue Jedi who was kind of nefarious and manipulating people, but also very well-researched and very... uh, aware of what was happening would have actually known about the inhibitor chips known about what actually went down with order 66 even known known who uh who the inquisitors were in that moment that in since they're still jedi or at very least the clones the clone troopers that are, are with the inquisitors would still if the chip was activated would still consider them jedi and especially having thrown Prosit Dibs from the Mace Windu comic and how all that, that whole moment just came together so well and flowed so well. And it wasn't just inserted as some cool nod to previous film. It actually really made sense in the story. (coughs) And so that was a great reminder, uh, yeah, that we can't even if we want connectivity, even that has to be has to make sense in the story that we're telling. It's going to make sense, and that's the thing is what we're wanting is what we all want with connectivity is for a story that makes sense overall. This overarching narrative, these things in it to connect and line up, right? And so that's the thing with with Maul in Solo. It makes sense if you know what's happening with Clone Wars and how they set up with the whole thing with the uneasy, with Crimson Dawn's uneasy alliance with the Pikes and uh, different things that have been happening and, and how there's this shady underworld buyer and how Kira's had to do some some dark things, <laughs> probably dark side things, and so yeah, it was fascinating. I'm just taking that example 
you know, that that particular example and how even how he, he has the lightsaber and, and he has that specific lightsaber and not the dark saber and so you know, and, and I think what, what, what Sam Witwer was implying there was okay it means he's gone away from the Mando thing although uh, we know he still has the dark saber because uh, Ezra picks it up in Rebels season three, I believe, he finds it on Dathomir, and so you know, and, and we know that Maul is on Dathomir, so he still has it, but it's not the main thing he uses. He's still using the, his red, nude <laughs> kind of staff lightsaber thing, and um, yeah, that that he's turned more to underworld and not not trying to get messed up in Mandalorian politics. <laughs> he's, he's getting messed up in underworld politics and, and being a kingpin there. So anyway, all that to say, yeah, we like these nice nods. And, and it made me think of precisely what Dave Filoni thinks about a lot and talks about a lot and talked a lot about when it came to uh, having Clone Wars references in Rebels, right? Having, putting in, you know, when, you know, when we see Rex and we may see Ahsoka. And when, you know, we all love that and cheer and, and say, yay, this character we've invested in before, we get to see more of. And that's always fun and great. But we also do need to remember that, you know, Rebels is Ezra's story. And, and it it's this great thing where it starts small and goes big. We see Mon Mothma and Sagarera, and then it goes back to Lothal. And Ahsoka and Rex are there to support that. Similarly, the Darth Vader comic, it's called Darth Vader. It's Darth Vader's story. You know, and and, and this moment with, with the yeah, uh, with, with this Jedi executing Order 66 and all that. That's this little moment, but it has to do with Vader going to uh, Mon Cala and <laughs> trying to uh, overtake Mon Cala and arrest, the, arrest Lee Char and all that and, and the resistance that gets put up and Vader's pursuing of Jedi, right? And th because that's the story, that's the overall story that, Charles Sewell's telling in this comic. And so what, so it can't be for the sake of order 66. It has to be for the sake of reminding us that we're watching a story unfold that began, sorry, it's just, sorry, the moment specific moment. And I want to clarify, can't be able that specific moment of look how cool it is that this rogue Jedi Knows how to execute. Notice how to tap into clones' per, uh, inhibitor chips. It has to do with reminding us that the overall story of Order sixty six, the overall story of the rise of the Empire, is about the rise of the Sith and the overthrow of the Jedi, and the rise of Palpatine and Darth Sidious and Darth Vader, and Vader's whole mission then is to continue that and that's the point of order 66 was the purge of the jedi 
by the Sith, the defeat, the revenge of the Sith over the Jedi. And so Darth Vader needs to continue that, and he's going to face opposition to that. Right. We saw that with the librarian. (laughs) We saw that with with this Jedi here. Excuse me, I'm kind of blanking on names for a second, but that's, yeah, that critically important point that we do tend to miss. Because it may, and maybe what it is, is it, it, it's this, the age-old thing of balancing the story you're telling with the the need for continuity into the past. The, the story that introducing challenging fans to express this new, to, to explore this new, these new characters and this new thing that's happening, but with these little moments of, oh yeah, I remember back when this thing you're invested in, and of course, I'm invested in Revenge of the Sith. Believe me, and that's why I love this story is because it, it's a bit easier with it with this Vader comic because it it, it comes straight out of <laughs> out of that that film and it's about Vader and his struggle with Anakin that of course Thrawn Alliances looks at more deeply. So, uh, so that was interesting that, that, and, and of course my, my conversation with him was briefer than I've gone into here, but, uh, yeah, that, that was, that was an interesting little, little bit that made, made the con worth, worth going to, I think if to some degree, it's the type of thing I would have wanted, uh, more, <laughs> more of as an actual panel. That would have been cool. Um, and so, yeah, a bit more water break, or two break. Yeah. So again, it, it was kind of, it was a fun, fun con. Um, hopefully maybe, maybe if I'm able to go to multiple cons and, I don't know if I will. That's the problem. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I guess I guess that's all I have to say about about Fan Expo. Um, yeah, I'm just looking ahead. So I, I didn't start with how am I Star Warsing this week? I'm packing, but I'm also reading Dark Disciple, and uh, we want family and I watched we watched Rogue One, then New Hope this past week. So that was fun. Um, Dark Disciple is making me, is giving me some interesting insights about Quinlan Voss. Because it's the first story I've actually read of him, uh, primarily, or, or encountered him. He probably the, is the most in-depth story in canon about him, the most we see of him. I'd say Ventress is still the major character, but she is the Dark Disciple. Or, or maybe not, I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to think about that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be too spoilery right now, but... I'm thinking what it does do is it, it gives some interesting meditations on the Jedi commitment to celibacy, what happens when that's pressed, how how far, uh, what happens when that's broken, <laughs> right? Is a character as, as uh, dashing and, and brash as Quinlan Voss what, what I was surprised that I, I was pleasantly surprised that Christy Golden was able to, and, and Katie Lucas too, was able to give some layers to that and say he's not this is this brash, brazen, throw the rules out character. He actually does have 
these serious commitments that he's built up his whole life to the order, to to their ideals, to um, yeah. to to his commitment to celibacy, and so it'll be interesting to see how it deals with the consequences of all of those being pressed and all of those being broken, even in someone as who who skirts the line like Quinlan Voss does. The book's been out for a few years, so I'm not too worried about spoiling, <laughs> being spoilery. Um, of course, I hadn't read it until now, so that's what I'm thinking about for when I get all unpacked and settled in, in Wainwright. Um, so hopefully, yeah. And, and celibacy, Jedi celibacy is the thing I wanted to talk about. Celibacy and mission and the availability for for mission and for flexibility and for moving. Things like that. Things that are quite relevant to my life right now. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's what's up ahead. And then hiatus. And then uh, yeah, season four, oh, season three of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. Uh, celebrating the Phantom Menace. Yeah. You know, 20 years on, it's back. It's come, it's, it, it's here. The, the love for that film and love for the prequel trilogy is... Yeah, again, very much on the high. So, uh, but for now, that this has been episode thirty-nine uh, for Christ's sake, Anakin. Again, had fun at Fan Expo. Would have liked a little more. <laughs> um, some good thoughts coming out of it. Uh, again, if you want to comment or give me a follow, generally on Twitter, I'm on Twitter at neug forty-five want to see all my photos from fan expo and the, the con hall as i like to call it uh give me a follow on instagram request a follow on instagram at mneug 1138 so from for the last time from sunny warm suburban toronto ontario canada i'm your host matthew neubauer this has been episode 39 of for christ's sake anakin thanks for listening god bless and may the force be with you always oh,